Hi, I'm Julie Mackin and this is the 5-Minute Advocate. I was a bit hesitant to discuss today's thinking because it was provoked by a bloke who is currently a member of the federal Labor opposition. And we try not we try to make sure rather that we're not too partisan on FMA. Though obviously, if you're a regular listener, you know what I think about Scott Morrison and spoiler alert, it's not very good. But there's no way around it really because I want to talk about a book written by Labor MP, former Professor of Economics and author Andrew Lee. Earlier this week, he launched his latest book called What's the Worst That Could Happen? Sadly, look, it has particular resonance today because a mate of mine and his family were attacked in his home by a couple of neo-Nazis over the weekend. And since then, I've had a real sense of social and political slippage. Um, And I guess maybe that's why the title of this book really struck a nerve. The book's write-off captures the problem pretty neatly, and it begins by saying why catastrophic risks are more dangerous than you think and how populism makes them worse. Did you know that you are more likely to die from a catastrophe than a car crash? The odds are that an Australian will die from a catastrophic event, for example, nuclear war, bioterrorism or out-of-control artificial intelligence, have been estimated at one in six. That's 15 times more likely than a fatal car crash and 31 times more likely than being murdered. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, In What's the Worst That Could Happen, Andrew Lee looks at catastrophic risks and how to mitigate them arguing that the rise of populist politics makes catastrophes far more likely. He explains that pervasive short-term thinking leaves us unprepared for long-term risks. He reckons that politicians... I don't know if I agree with this, but anyway, he says politicians sweat the small stuff, granular policy details of legislation and regulation, but rarely devote much attention to reducing long-term risks. Populist movements thrive on short-termism because they focus on their followers' immediate grievances. Actually, I've always thought of these populist movements as a kind of ADHD of politics. You know, they're charging down the road in one direction, then, oh, there's a rabbit, off they go in the other direction. That's an aside. Lee argues that we should be long-termers, broaden our thinking and give big threats the attention and resources they deserve. He outlines the biggest existential risks facing humanity and suggests remedies for them. He discusses the pandemics, and this is a bit grim, considers the possibility that the next virus will be more deadly than COVID-19. He warns that unchecked climate change could render large swathes of the earth uninhabitable and describes the metamorphosis of the arms race from a fight into a chaotic brawl. Finally, he examines the dangers of runaway superintelligence and points out that populism and its crony, totalitarianism, not only exacerbates other dangers but is and of itself a risk factor because it undermines the institutions that we need to deal with these longer-term issues. As I said, his thesis that the current crop of populist, totalitarian and quasi-fascist movements and leaders make it harder to build a safer world world through de-escalation of nuclear weapons production or weapons production more broadly, by global action on reducing carbon and methane production, by reinforcing the international architecture of the treaty system, by cooling hysterical financial markets, by investing in long-term projects, and finally by re-knitting 
the social safety net for all of us by taxing high and super high profit margins. All of these strategies depend on calm, methodical, honest, hard work. They are the opposite of what we've been seeing lately from the national leadership. So what's this got to do with my friend being harassed by neo-Nazis? Well, history tells us that when people get frightened, when communities get frightened, when those previously held community resources like education, health, housing, secure jobs, a space to be able to speak and be heard, are removed or enfeebled, people retreat into defensive and self-centred micro-communities. The fear generated by an economy that produces more precarious workers where anyone under the age of 40 can't buy their own home and often can't find somewhere to rent, all of these vulnerabilities generate real fear. And believe me, fear is never attractive. But here's the thing. Imagine if we lived in a country where it was completely reasonable to assume a good education, the provision of good health services wherever you lived, good, safe housing, secure, interesting, long-term employment. Imagine this. Now let's vote for that. Because the alternative of a dog-eat-dog world will not keep us safe from the disasters that are already headed our way. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about the book and that's why I was so disturbed by the weekend's violence. 